great scientific challenges, transcend national frontiers and national prejudices. In a sense, this has always been true, for the language of science has always been universal, and perhaps scientists have been the most international of all professions in their outlook. episode is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode in part because I am going to skip the original topic uh, for a future date that topic being modern day storytelling and the lack thereof if you will Uh, but today's episode is going to be a little closer to the chest and it is all about stressors and overcoming challenges and imposter syndrome in a nutshell, right? Um, sorry if I sound a little under the weather. I am coming off a bug. Uh, but anyways, let's get, let's get right into it. So if you know me, you know, I absolutely love the sciences, space in particular, astronomy, astrophysics, uh, cosmology you find a name for it all of it's kind of in my wheelhouse um and now when i was coming out to you know i was coming to college here i kind of decided all right where where would i want to go where what do i want to study um and i told myself that astronomy was definitely something i was interested in but i don't know if i could necessarily make the money for it and so here i am in aerospace engineering now that's there's more to it. Uh, my passions in aerospace engineering are about as um, boundless as my passions for astronomy, aircraft, missile systems, uh, spacecraft, you name it. All of it's extremely interesting. And what I find so beautiful about engineering uh, is that even though most people look at engineers as non-scientists, there's a lot of science in engineering. Uh, there's the there is the unique subset comparatively to science in engineering that is designing and tinkering uh, with science, with the discoveries of science, applied science is what I'm getting at here, uh, to solve problems. And I find that beautiful. And not just solve problems, but design machines that solve problems, right? Term engineers is really indicative of building machines and using those machines to overcome a thing. And so, most people think up, you can think of anything really uh, that engineers have designed to overcome a problem, communication, telephones, radio, right? A lot of electrical engineering in that case, uh, modern day vehicles, um, air, aircraft, right? And, you know, mechanical engineering, airspace engineering, airspace really being a very, um, 
focused form of mechanical engineer in a lot of ways. Specialized, there we go. That was the term I was looking for. Um, but it, just think of a thing that you use on a daily basis and very likely that it was engineered. <laughs> uh, simply put, the microphone that I'm talking into right now uh, the, and the, the ability to hear me through whatever device you're listening to uh, is a modern achievement of engineering and science. And I find that awesome. I find that amazing. And I wanted to be a part of it. But there is no denying that even before I started, I had a sense of what most people call imposter syndrome. Um, I'm starting college a lot later in life than I think most people would. Uh, well, I know a lot of people do do it. I'm not alone. I'm not at all a uh, singularity or, or a uh, one-off, but I know most people don't start college pushing 30, right? <laughs> and that's where I'm at. And there's a reason for that. I think one of the biggest reasons is uh, your capacity to kind of fall into a learning mode, an academic mode, is obviously easier when you're younger. And uh, not only that, when you have less responsibilities and stressors in life. Now, there's no way I'm denying the uh, average college student isn't absolutely burdened with struggles and stressors. But um, I guess what I'm saying is I've got kids, I've married, right? I've got bills to pay. I've got these things that college students most often don't have to deal with. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for a world for the world, but, uh, I'm just, I'm just basically calling what it is. And so before I started off on aerospace engineering, my biggest fear was like, Oh man, am I going to have the time and the ability to dedicate myself to the studies? And so what I've discovered so far, three semesters in, is that, yeah, I have the ability, um, and if I manage it very well, I have the time. And when I say manage it very well, I'm talking literal like slicing and dicing minutes, and that is what I do. Um, but there are still moments where I absolutely doubt my ability to push through and to, to get it done. Uh, and I, so I thought that it would be a unique opportunity to discuss the fact that everybody struggles with, I think, what I'm going through, and what I'm dealing with. Um, you know, so I figured, why not talk about it? And now I'm, I'm talking about it to uh, right now, ultimately, because uh, as I record this, it's 23 September. Well, it was 22 September, but I'm up a little late here recording this. Uh, and I had a pretty strong exam burdened week. And if you've been through college, you know what I, what I mean by that is three exams. Uh, and if you are at all like me, you probably had seven other homework assignments due in the same time frame. and making sure you were prepared for those exams while simultaneously turning in those homework assignments is it's a juggling feat of sheer blah. That's all I can really define it as. Um, and two out of three went pretty damn well, if I'm if I may say so myself. We had a couple 
obnoxious blunders that I typically have a tendency to do in exams because I don't necessarily like the environment that exams produce. I think they're an obsolete way to gauge somebody's knowledge of material because, well, I mean, some people just don't work well in a vacuum. And I think I've learned, at least in my with myself, depending on the material, um, and what I mean by depending on the material is stuff like aerospace engineering requires a remarkable aptitude for, well, imaginative and creative thinking mathematically in 50 minutes in an exam time frame. And if there's anything I'm not good at, or at least I don't show a lot of proficiency in, it's uh, thinking clearly and, and with precision in a short amount of time on material that is is complex. Now, I'm not saying I, I haven't had moments where, you know, sheer brilliance comes to mind and I'm, I poop out an answer that in a million years I couldn't have imagined thinking of without, you know, without having some help. But uh, I'm saying, uh, you know, seven out of 10 exams, um, even if I put in a lot of preparation, the anxiety gets the best of me. And there are moments where I look at that damn paper, I'm like, what the hell is this even asking? Like, what the absolute shit is this trying to ask me to do? Um, but I wanted to take a moment and express that even though I struggle with that, even though sometimes I second guess myself on whether or not I could be an aerospace engineer, it's, it's actually kind of the beauty of why I'm doing it in the first place. You might ask yourself, what the absolute fuck are you saying? What do you mean absolute failure is what you're doing it for? And I, I don't know if I failed, so uh, I shouldn't say I did or not, but what I'm, what I'm saying is that the beauty of life, at least to me, is the challenge. And failing, I've had to learn through the process of many failures, there are opportunities. And I'm not going to sit here and go on a, on a spiel, right? I'm not a motivational speaker here. I'm not going to sell you a seminar for $10,000 and basically tell you what you already know, which is you got to work hard, right? Sorry, if you're a motivational speaker out there and you make thousands of dollars on on people listening to basically what I would consider to be duh type material. Uh, sorry, not really, but anyways. Uh, but yeah, the the challenge and and the the beauty of overcoming that failure is what I think is the best part of life. Uh, because without it, really, what is the purpose? You know, what is the point? If there isn't something to overcome, if there isn't a challenge and a, a, a mountain to climb, right? And so when I think about aerospace engineering and my moments of absolute self-doubt, where I think, oh man, this absolutely is not the material I should be focusing on. There is also that secondary after, you know, the kind of dust settles and everything kind of simmers down where I realize that that's exactly why I love it. Aerospace engineering is a beautiful, beautiful focus. Um, I find I find some of the stuff that I now know, and and I'm a you know junior aerospace engineer. I'm uh, still got still got some time, 
But what I find so wonderfully beautiful about it is the complexity, but yet the absolute pure simplicity of how we fly. Uh, I think at some point, I'd love to make a more focused uh, discussion on that, actually put some some meat onto that uh, that plate regarding it, because I think it's absolutely fascinating. But for the time being, let me just say that, uh, you know, the, the complexities between incompressible flow and viscid flow, viscous flow versus, you know, compressible flow, uh, talking about uh, molecular flow versus continuum flow. I mean, it, uh, endless interesting things that two years ago I knew nothing about, and now all of a sudden I have a very, you know, relatively decent understanding. Uh, and I find that to be beautiful. So the, the gist of what I'm saying here is that even though the difficulty of aerospace can be daunting and I can have moments where I absolutely doubt, doubt myself and my ability to get it, you have to find something that pushes you forward. Um, because if you all of a sudden develop this mindset, and I'm, when I say you, I really am speaking to myself here, but uh, if, you, if you get to that point where you develop a mindset that you can't do it, you're not going to. Simple as that. Um, there's been multiple studies out there that say you know, mentality towards something is a good thing starting off point. Like it's a good way to say like, Hey, are you going to actually do this? Or you're not going to do this. Are you going to be successful? Are you not going to be successful? If you say you can't do something, you certainly won't. Simple as that. Right. And I hear a lot of people and I'm sometimes, I used to be guilty of this, but I've kind of stopped myself from doing this as of late. Oh, I'm not good at math. I can't do math. Yeah. Oh man. Just, math just does not come easy to me. And I've been there. I have certainly been the person who said, yeah, I'm just not a math guy. I'm just, I'm just not a math person. And I think that's one, it's dishonest um, because math is, it's inherently human, if that makes sense. I'm personally of the opinion that, that humans created math to make sense of, of the world. Now, when I say they, they invented it, I'm arguing that the physical laws that obviously govern our universe existed with or without our really giving any sense about it, but... What's fun about math is it's a way to basically interpret the physical phenomena that we deal with every single day, right? Uh, you know, I hear I hear a lot of people mistakenly say that physics isn't math and math isn't physics, and I find that to be a weirdly obnoxious statement because really physics is entirely predicated on finding mathematical uh, formulas and concepts to explain physical phenomena, right? something as simple like force equilibrium and uh, F equals MA, right? That's inherently math, but it's, it's interpreting our physical world. So yeah, anyways, I'll, I'll digress from that point. Um, so the gist is anybody can really get math if you say and focus yourself to get it. And so even though I had this week a little bit of a, of a calamitous third exam. <laughs> um, I come to you to tell you that as depressing as it is, you can push forward and I will push forward, right? 
aerospace is a dream. And to give up on a dream simply because the challenge in front of that dream seems overwhelming and daunting is to give up, obviously. And giving up will yield you short-term relief, but will grant you long-term guilt. And we have a very short time frame in existence on this beautiful world. And it makes absolutely no sense to forgo a dream because the challenge in front of it seems too much. So, in my moment of despair this week, I come to you to tell you that give it a little bit give it a little bit more. Right? Give it all you got. Get that can-do mentality. Focus up. Start setting yourself up for success. And that seems arbitrary. And so let me give you a couple pointers. At least this is my, my way of doing it. I hear this a lot, and I have been guilty of this. But whenever we start having struggles in something, we tend to offload that struggle to somebody else. Professors, right, in school, we often say, oh, oh my professor, that's just not good, right? And that, that I will admit that I do think a good professor versus a bad professor can make the difference. I 100% believe that. But in my case, I have sensational professors. Uh, I, I cannot say this semester so far that there's a single issue in that, in that front. Quite the opposite. It's hands down, one of my favorite semesters so far in regards uh, to to my professors. I've had great professors so far, and, and I'm just, yeah. I'm, so what I'm arguing is that it's easy to offload why you failed to something else. But deep down, you have to control what you can control. Time management, focused study, in this case, I'm talking about school, right? You can apply the same thing to any stressor or any any challenge. But what I'm arguing is you have to be structured in how you approach the challenge. You cannot just willy-nilly go about something and not expect issues. Sorry, I'm trying to avoid belching on a podcast right now. It's kind of created a weird abnormal pause there. But anyways, so I'm, I'm not going to keep take too much longer here. I just wanted to take a moment to talk about how difficult this freaking week was. Um, try not to drop the F-bomb too much. Uh, Apple and Spotify might appreciate it, but um, also I don't want to completely come off as a... Ah, uh, you know what? Fuck it. I love the F-word. Sorry. It's my favorite word ever. Um, it's a good word. Uh, if you think it's explicit, fine, but I think it describes every single human emotion. And I think for that, it's one of the most dynamic words in the English dictionary. Anyways. So I hope I leave you with a little bit of this. Challenges are, are good. Struggle is good. Failure is good. 
Um, and not just in the typical motivational speaker sense, but it actually is an opportunity for us to grow. And, you know, so what I'm going to take from this week um, is that my studying was good, right? I put a good focused effort on making sure I knew the material we were covering. Uh, My conceptual knowledge of what we were covering was, I think, it was phenomenal. When it came down to really where I struggled um, is that I need a little bit more rigor in my mathematical approach or my mathematical understanding so that when I look at a problem, I see a little bit more of what's what's being asked, right? So you might get a concept, but sometimes conceptual understanding and the mathematical relationship to that concept is, it can be elusive. So anyway, at least in my case, at least in, you know, for my fellow aerospace engineers out there or engineers in general, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the inspiration to think of, think through a problem sometimes can be elusive. Um, so step back, breathe a little bit, take the failure, assess it and go, all right, what can I learn from this? And so I've already learned a, pl- uh, a plethora of things that I need to probably, you know, get better at and improve upon. And I advise anybody who's going through a challenge that might be impeding your way to a dream of yours, uh, to acknowledge that, acknowledge that failure first and foremost, and then take a step back from the failure and go, all right, what can I get out of this? And let me give a little background. What I find so beautiful about that process, um, any, it applies to anything in life, right? Uh, let me give one, I think, universal example. Well, maybe not everybody invests, um, but I tried, and I'm going to say this out loud, day trading a couple years back and tried to, you know, approach it in a manner that most people do guessing and thinking that some YouTuber could tell me how to make 2% daily. And as a complete layman hearing, Oh, 2% returns daily sounds super awesome. Holy shit. You know, every, if I think the, Stock market's open, you know, 250 days a year, so 2% per day, like cumulative 500% growth and annually. Holy shit, that's amazing. Even the Warren Buffett and half the, you know, traders on Wall Street don't achieve that shit. And what I'm, what I'm getting at is that my layman understanding of trading brought me down that hole, and then I had to step back and realize, oh, you know, after I had a, you know, nice little calamitous effort day trading, ah, maybe I should be a little bit more structured in my approach. Maybe I shouldn't just you know, willy-nilly, lackadaisically, hop into something I don't understand and try to achieve success because your boy didn't, all right? I did not achieve success in day trading. And my first semester in aerospace, I did not achieve academic success like I was originally achieving academic. School used to kind of just come easy to me, but as things become more complex and your topics become more uh, intellectually cha- uh, challenging, intellectually demanding, you have to start altering your ego a little bit, at least in my case, and acknowledge that this just shoot from the hip approach doesn't work. And I'm, I am far past that shoot from the hip approach. I'm really speaking, you know, to myself in the past year. And again, my efforts this semester have been largely remarkably improved. Um, I just wanted to take a moment this week and kind of one for myself, decompress, talk a little bit about it. So 
you know, I might've been a little ranty towards the end here regarding, you know, overcoming this challenge. But, uh, the gist of it is that there's always the ability to look inward afterwards, assess the situation, take the hot wash items, uh, from that, that failure, and then apply a method that will avoid the same problems in the future. Because life without challenge is dull. Life without having to overcome a hurdle is no fun. Aerospace engineering is the hurdle of right now my life, right? And I am adamant that I will overcome it. And I just need to know everybody out there, you can do it as well. All right? So with that, I'm signing off. I'll stop bothering you. Thank you for listening this, uh, to this episode. And I can't wait to see you guys next week. I'm going to be talking about, if I get the opportunity, hopefully nothing stops me from doing this, I'm going to be talking about how I think modern storytelling is effectively dead. So a little precursor to next, week, next week's episode. If I'm not going to go controversial on it. I'm not going to talk about any of the uh, political points regarding storytelling, right? But I will admit there is feeling in me that people just don't want to write quality stuff anymore. So that's going to be the topic of next week's episode. So tune in if you're interested. I thank you for listening. Um, I think we're getting a little close to the end of of this season. So I don't know how many more episodes I'll push out. I intended to do eight. Uh, We'll see how uh, things go. I might do a couple extra. Uh, But tune in. And uh, again, have a wonderful week. Uh, We'll see you next time. All right. 